Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it's just the topics, but I feel... Oh, God, what's the word? <laughs> like, f- fancy drunk... Oh, not that's with good. a P. It starts with a P. Mm. It's not presumptuous, pretentious, pretentious. I feel pretentious. She's already too drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Drinkopedia, the drinking game where someone has a week to learn two topics before getting drunk and teaching them to the rest of the class. It's a bit like the conversation you'll be hearing in the pub as soon as we're allowed to go to the pub again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I am Matt, and I'm joined, as always, remotely this time, as is the new normal, by Jason. Hello. Hi, how are you doing this week? How's the last week been for you? It's been it's been a wild ride. Uh, pretty much experienced it by myself. Very depressing, mm-hmm. but it's fine because I'm in the presence of friends now. I guess you know. You guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you said that like the friend part was in question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all of this is confusing. For all of us. And also joined by this week's drinker, teacher, learned scholar, but drunk it's audra hello a few minutes ago i couldn't think of the word oh yep. shit yeah. pretentious the there pretentious. we go there we go pretentious uh, at least you're not giving a lecture on pretension oh well it's gonna be about magic realism so close <laughs> enough <laughs> oh yeah i i do really enjoy audra's uh like posh voice as it were oh yeah yeah when she says <laughs> the economy Oh, it's good. The economy. (laughs) That was so hammed up that time. (laughs) I love how that's American posh as well. Yeah, I don't. I think she. I think she ripped it off of uh, Parks and Rec. But I remember that was like one of the first times uh, she made a funny, and I was like, "Oh, you're funny." (laughs) I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we we just heard one topic there: magic realism. What's the other topic that's on the cards? The rise and fall of Toys R Us. Oh, oh. an institution. Or Man. was. Yeah, <laughs> was. A it still windy is in road. Like, China, right? We'll find out. <laughs> this week, 
I guess we'll find out how that giraffe ended up in a body bag. Okay. <gasps> and so what's <laughs> what, what's fueling you this week, Audra? What are you drinking? Glossing over the fact that it's basically just Mike's harder lemonade, but we got some adorable like whiskey glasses. Oh. I'm going to hold it up to the camera. So. Are they like hexagonal? Yeah. Octagonal. Oh, oh octagonal. Oh. Yeah. We got them on Etsy. <gasps> You're supporting local business. Or yes. Business. Yeah, ones with like less than 100 sales and just... Oh. Look at you guys. Doing it. It was. It started from, you know, when we got that money from the government and like... <laughs> The night yeah. before, uh, the president, I forget his name, was was all like, oh, uh, here's a 300 companies that are great in America. And it sort of implied that this is where he wanted you to spend the money, like the 300 yeah. biggest companies. Yeah. So as soon as the money came in, we were like, Etsy, local business, small okay. stores, that's Dude. where this money's going. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I think we discussed a couple of things that we wanted to buy on Amazon before all this went down. And I thought... Dude, we have we have a local board game shop that I love. Why wouldn't I buy stuff from there? Mm. Mm-hmm. They're going to be hurting. Because Bezos isn't losing any money right now. He's no. gaining lots yeah. of money. Yeah, he's Loads. fine. Yeah, he's fine. But like local comic book shops, local game shops, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, support local businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just democracy. It's just voting with your wallet. It's great. Also, these glasses are fucking adorable. (laughs) We also have um, ice cream glasses coming from Flora Finds Vintage. Hmm. I didn't know ice cream glasses were a thing. Oh, big Sunday glasses for big ice cream Sundays. Oh, they're cute. Like in England, like they have in England or the 1950s. Yeah. (laughs) One of those two things. Oh, I'll be at that point where I have disposable income to buy weird shit soon. (laughs) I'm almost there. And I hope you continue to buy all of the weird shit and support the local business. Dude, I will. Not going to be <laughs> dollar storing it up anymore. <laughs> okay. Are you? Are we ready for a, a couple of boozy lectures? Dude, I'm, couple, I'm, I'm ready. A couple of drunk explanations. Audra, which topic are you starting with today? I think I would like to start with Toys R Us. <gasps> really? Wonderful. I think I would like to start there. I would like to start in the 1940s. <gasps> Wait. That's how long it's been around? Yes. Okay. I'm I'm also shocked because I still imagine toys from the 1940s being complete shit. <laughs> it's know? like it's like late 1940s is when the beginning seeds gotcha. So they were, were planted. A, there's just a guy in like a mustache and he's like, "Here's a hoop, a hoop and a stick." And also it's a hula hoop. It's multifunctional. Mate, we've known each other too long. I was about to make basically the same joke. Yes, dude. I was, was going to say hoop now with stick. Yeah. <laughs> now with stick. <laughs> and it's it's the same shit, right? Like, what's this? Oh, it's a it's a little toy train made out of wood. And what's this? <laughs> it's a it's a toy tiger with the same basic shape. <laughs> Warning: <laughs> everything is very flammable. <laughs> it's all it's all painted with lead. <laughs> Well, 1948. So like the late 1940s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A man named Charles Lazarus. Wow. What a Chucky. Whoa. Chucky Powerful. Lazarus. Wow. No one called him that. Charles. Charles Lazarus said, mm, war, mm, <laughs> baby boom. Everybody's <laughs> really? going to have fucking kids. Really? So his dad owned a bicycle shop. 
bicycle right. repair shop. And he decided, I'm going to make cribs. I'm going to make strollers. I'm mm. going to make high chairs. I'm going to make some other baby stuff. Um, <laughs> but everyone would come into his shop, buy it, and then say, do you have toys? Oh. Do you to- have do you have like baby toys? Toys, not us, is what they'd say in response. <laughs> <laughs> so they created their own demand, is what you're saying? Like, Well, I mean, they didn't have all the babies. <laughs> oh. Just Jeffrey knocking them out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. um, but he did see, after a bit of that, people really, when they have their second kid, they use the same crib. Mm. When they have their second kid, they use the same stroller if it still works. That makes sense. Um, But you know what they're going to update? Toys. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he pivots to toys. That makes a lot of sense. I uh, gifted my my aunt helped me a lot with this like new job process that I was going through. So I gifted her son, who's three now, a little like rescue bot because he's getting into his Transformers phase. Oh yeah, completely unabated by me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you're thinking, Matt. <laughs> this was unbeknownst to me. Uh, okay. But I I found like a little rescue bot to send him, and dude, he he like I want like. She FaceTimed me, and I watched that child steal this toy away from his brother completely. Like, <laughs> the poor woman. She just kept going, share it with your brother. Share it with baby. And he, like, he like put his hand up in the baby's face, you know, just blocking it. It's, like, <laughs> just so into it. And I was just, Kids are assholes. What? Kids are assholes, dude. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry I did this to you. This transforming robot toy is for three to four-year-olds, not for babies. No, not for <laughs> babies, dude. Not toddlers say. So he did expand, obviously, because it's Toys R Us and Babies R Us is a separate chain. Mm. Um, But it expanded into toys for many ages. Now, wait, that was the title of this. That was the name. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, (laughs) no, that was his that was his goal. Right. Yes. What what ages like like old people? (laughs) Six to ninety nine. If they if they want. I guess. His thought process was so many toy stores were like little expense, like little shops with very expensive items. Mm. He wanted the supermarket of toys. Okay. We're going to cut costs. It's going to be tile floors. It's going to be cement here. It's going to be walk in with a grocery shop, like a grocery cart. Uh Uh-huh. And you can see more toys than you've ever seen. Like I like tw- twelve. <laughs> no, people have seen twelve. It's like Not thirteen in, or fourteen. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people were astounded, and he could started to be able to open up more stores, hmm. because he could because of the amount of toys that he was buying. Yeah, no one was doing this. He could buy toys from all these wholesalers at massive amounts, very inexpensive, comparatively. And sell them fairly inexpensive, comparatively. Yes. Like the Amazon model, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was great for Chucky Lazarus. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call him that despite his wishes, because he expanded massively. And in the 90s, by the 90s, there was like 1,400 Toys R Us worldwide. Yeah, it was a, be. It was a big thing. And he annihilated mom and pop yeah. toy stores. So I'm going to call him Chucky. Chucky Lazarus. We'll go with Chucky Lazarus. 
because he, without mercy, annihilated these mom and pop shops. Yeah, there was mm. a Toys R Us in my small town growing up. And the fact that that had a Toys R Us it shows mm-hmm. how expansive they were because it was not right. a big town. Yeah. A lot of that was just like the post-war abundance gave him a lot of steam that he rode for a long time. Yeah, invested in nuclear bombs. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the toys, just where he financed, (laughs) probably. That makes sense, though, because, man, there was like a toy... There's toys booms, right? Like, if you watch any Mm -hmm. episode of The Toys That Made Us, they always talk about, like, the millions of dollars that come out of toys, which Mm -hmm. I didn't re- like it's a billion dollar industry i didn't yeah. know this and like when you think of iconic toys toys rs yep is the place mr potato head you probably would have bought that at a toys rs easy yeah. original easy bake ovens that was released for toys rs yeah like tin soldiers <laughs> toys rs staple yeah yeah i remember Most. going to walmart you know you get the one or two big things that a toy line would have right like a like the base mm-hmm. or the vehicle but then yeah. you go to toys mm-hmm. r us and they've got fucking mountains stacks of these big boys even bigger yeah. boys and you're like what is this magic what uh-huh. is this capacity <laughs> yeah and a lot of their success was attributed to trying to keep the magic of toys and forget the fact that they ruined all these mom and pop shops, um, <laughs> but keep the magic of toys for children. Toys R Us kids. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Real good time. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen a couple mom and pop toy shops in my day. Mm-hmm. Never been impressed with them. I'll be honest with you. I mean, they can't get that. Yeah. Those deals. Yeah. They yeah. have to buy at cost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have to buy a cost. Their inventory like ability is very low. You know, mm-hmm. you know when you you know when you're a kid and you're you're looking for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you don't want to see fucking five splinters on the same shelf. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. like something like, out of the second act of a Toy Story movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, like the, yeah, the Al's toys, dude. He had fucking <laughs> rows of Zoids. What, what were they called? What, what was Zergs. the bad guy? Zergs. Zerg. That's yeah. right. He had fucking rows of Zergs. But you go to a mom and pop toy shop. What do they got, man? What do they got? They got the, they got the the one of. They've the got Zorg. <laughs> That's what they've got. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, and like it's 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 unfortunate, but that's the reality of it. You're like, dude, I want an I want an Anakin. I want a Luke. I don't want fucking Jar Jar leftover <laughs> Jar Jars you have. You know, I don't want pit repair droid number yeah. three, <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, the one from the cut scene. Yeah, exactly. What is this, Uncle Lars? Is this the best you can do? <laughs> it's limited edition, I swear. Yeah, you don't even I'm have going to on- Toys R Us. Yeah, Toys R Us was killing the game until like the 90s. Oh, mm. was the first year Walmart out sold toys r us in toys okay because you go there today and there's lot there's like multiple toy aisles Mm -hmm. at at, at walmart yeah yeah. previously big box stores would rely on like holiday sales of toys to get them through all the toy times that they needed and they wouldn't have much of a selection but they (coughs) nice but they caught on and decided to lose money on toys because they offered other things that adults wanted. 
oh, that's so horrible. That's mm-hmm. like, that's just classic capitalism doing its thing. Yep. But I love the phrase that Audra used, which is they decided to lose money on toys. Yeah. That's an interesting phrase right there. But I love like, it. It's called a loss leader, right? Uh-huh. In business where you decide that an entire thing is not going to make you any money so that you can pull people into the store to buy the other things. I feel yeah, like, sure. yes. You just taught me something. <laughs> Okay, cool. I think you, it's called. I think it's called a lost leader. Don't don't quote me on that. You you said it to me. I'm in business. I I, I went to. School <laughs> I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. I can, okay, I can make something up that makes that sounds like that. Yeah, but I maybe I made it up. Like, maybe I made it up, dude. If you made it up, I'd I'd listen. <laughs> I, I'm 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 buying what you're selling. All right, that's fifteen thousand dollars a year, <laughs> dude. Soul, I am smelling what you're stepping in, dude. <laughs> And so were the people who were buying toys. <laughs> <laughs> so people would come into Walmart or other toys or yeah. other big box stores that sold toys um, for these toys at unbelievably low prices because they were losing money, but also do the rest of their shopping there. Mm. So it would even out. It would even out for Walmart or other stores that sold toys. Um, but it wouldn't even out for Toys R Us. They were incapable of matching those prices. Yeah. Without losing oh. money on their entire premise. Huh. I've heard often that Amazon killed Toys R Us. It started a long time before Amazon. Yeah, I heard that as well. When when Toys R Us was sinking, a lot of people blamed the Amazonification and online retailers. But too many articles came out where they were like debunking that idea, and really Walmart and target were like the Mm. big killers of toys r us because they both did it yeah as far as my week's worth of research yeah (laughs) and now absolutely hammered (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean they just they couldn't adapt dude like i remember when our local toys r us went out of business there i fully anticipated a huge going out of business sale i brought my little brother Mm -hmm. i gave him like a pep talk i was like listen it's gonna go ape shit crazy in there get what you want get the fuck out <laughs> so I, told them, I was like i'll pay for it it'll be dirt cheap get the fuck out uh, and then we went in there and it was like the most it was like a it was like a tuesday afternoon basically uh and there was like literally this one lady was like it's still cheaper on amazon the fuck are they doing oh she, wow she was on her oh. phone checking prices and even in a going out of business sale when you're trying to get rid of stock they couldn't trying to liquidate amazon yeah which is, yeah, they couldn't adapt. Even after you'd prepped him for, yep. like, Black Friday, it ended yep. up just being, like, kind of gray Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. They tried to fix this. They tried real hard. Mm-hmm. They tried so many things. They dialed back their stock, tried to specialize. Mm-hmm. They they cut costs. They cut all the costs. I don't know what costs one would normally cut. Paying they, staff. But they yeah, cut costs. Exactly. A lot of the staff said that the magic of like trying to give kids good yeah. toys. What they all get into the business for. Oh, yes. What they got into the business of having 1,500 stores. Um, <laughs> that's what it was about. But as far as the staff was concerned, that's when the magic was gone. Yeah. I meant even in terms of the staff, like anyone works at a place like Toys R Us for the magic of it. It's no, it's just slightly above minimum wage so that you can get <laughs> yeah. a few little benefits yeah. here and there. And then I'm going to go home and not think about kids yeah. or toys. Yep. 
they went through a slew of CEOs. Interesting. Because uh, Charles Lazarus retired at their peak. And yeah, he was dude. like, he was old at that point. And he was like, lull bye. Yeah, fucking winner. He's like, I'm out of here. Peace. You guys suck. <laughs> He's like, I have made the money that I would like to make. Yeah. Goodbye and good night. <laughs> By the yeah. way, I have custody of Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tragic thing, he didn't. Oh. Ooh. Oh, is Very there sad. a story to this? What? Um, no, but they did they did have Jeffrey and it was very sad. He had a family. He also lost his job. Wait, what? Wait, is this a joke? <laughs> you, you, I know, yes, I know. I'm trying to do a bit. Oh, okay. I'm trying to do a bit. <laughs> no, you think you got sad about an anthropomorphic animal yeah. and Pixar has conditioned us to be genuinely sad about that. Yeah. And, not, and, and not Audra's laugh. like the best researcher. So I didn't know if Audra had like an ace up her sleeve where it's like, yeah, no. in the 1970s, they had a serial where Jeffrey got married. <laughs> he was a giraffe. She was a tapir. <laughs> no, but he did marry a giraffe, Gigi. Um, is this, they had no, a, is this now? No, is this, this is real? this is now real. Okay. Oh he married God. a giraffe. They, I think her name was Gigi. I think their kid's name might have been Jones or George, and they had a baby G. Was they had two kids? Oh, one of them I can't remember. Cute. One of them was baby G. That's cute. They have a big R in their name. Why did they name everything with the letter G? <laughs> Sh- I, surely, I, like Robert and. Stuff like yeah. that to help help promote the brand. Yeah. So they had all these CEOs who just couldn't seem to figure it out. Um, they ended up going back privatized. Privatized. So a lot of people now owned a lot of their debt and put them in a lot more debt. Huh. Okay. Like classic end of life stuff for a big like, company. Huh. Yeah. Like there was one company that owned nearly a billion dollars of Toys R Us debt. How does a company, Whoa. how does Toys R Us get into a billion dollars of debt to begin with? I don't know. Probably dude. from buying tons of other toy companies trying to salvage its existence. Yeah, yeah dude. They fucking, they gambled on the Phantom Menace toys and they, 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 <laughs> those Jar Jar toys never pushed. They're called shell formers. I know that. I'm a toy guy. Uh, Look at you that go. That sounds so weird. Uh, but like if, it, if a toy doesn't sell, they become a shell former. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, they're like infamous in the in whatever toy you're into. So if you're like into Star Wars, I guess, and maybe like Lando, Cal- I don't know why Lando wouldn't sell, but say Lando Calrissian didn't sell, uh-huh. he would become a shell former that version of Lando Calrissian. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a little. That's a little. That's a little in the know. You know, a little toy toyetic. Toyetic is another word. I like toyetic. You're teaching me phrases now. Yeah, toyetic. I'm buying is what you're, you're selling. <laughs> you're. Toyetic you're not the, the teacher. Oh, I'm sorry. I, it's I, okay. It's I like okay. I, I like to learn. Uh, toyetic is the idea, like uh, how how playful is a toy? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh. you know, like figurines for adults. Fucking toyetic. No, no. You know, <laughs> those are primo items or whatever. But like, you think about the. Oh, dude, remember Matt when we were kids. And you'd have the commercials for like, get the get the whatever playset, you know. And you, they have a, like a swing, or they have like a trap door in the playsets. Yeah, that shit is toyetic, baby. Oh man, I, th- I did think you were gonna lead to a specific example there, but I was. But then I blanked. <laughs> but I now started talking, and then I I started freaking out at the same time. Now I want this sw- garden swing that also has a trap door. <laughs> now, oh, dude, now, it's now probably for you. This. For you, it's probably like the WrestleMania set, right? There'd probably be a ring. Okay, set, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they do. They do. They're very toyetic. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah. watch John Cena land a bump. 
against Lando Calrissian yeah. because there were so many of him yeah. left on the shelves. So eventually, Toys R Us became more to the people that held all this debt liquidated than it did as like a potential store. Brutal. Mm. This is like 2017. Okay. They filed for bankruptcy and tried to fix some stuff. 2018, they said, oh shit, we got to liquidate this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And attempted to do so. Because they tried to win back the holiday season of 2017, right? Yeah. And they totally failed from memory. Mm -hmm. They had like pop-up stores and we're partnered with this. And Mm. at one point in time in their history, they partnered with Amazon, but um, to like ship and do like their online things. But Amazon also sold other toys from uh, other people. So they're in the same position just digitally. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> they're grasping at straws at this point. Brutal. So they officially liquidated in 2018. Then all what? of these people who had all this money, 2019, late 2019, they brought out the Jeffrey the Giraffe. Wait, what? They decided... Maybe we can do this. There are now two reopened locations of Toys R Us. Wait, wait, in the what? U.S.? In the United States. What? They are now trying. These motherfuckers are now trying this. to milk more money out of Jeffrey the Giraffe's teats. And now it's a recession. They're going to suck. They're going to fail. God, they're in trouble. When I looked, they were hoping to open more in 2020. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, because it's the idea of, like, one, Amazon is booming right now, and, and g- generally they're yeah. talking about, like, the Amazonification of the economy, which is automated services on all, what is it, for the full nine yards. Like, everything is going instant service, right? Every mm-hmm. industry. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase Why the hell would I not support my local businesses or whatever and go outside with other people to touch plastic that other people have touched yeah. for items mm-hmm. I could get off of Amazon for cheaper? You're either going to go ship it to my door, ultimate convenience, or That's support true. local business. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And plas- not to mention plastic toys will slowly die over the next couple decades anyway. Like yeah. physical toys like that, just because of how shockingly awful they are for the environment. And like, obviously mm-hmm. that's not as an overnight change as it should be, but it's the trend that we're moving slowly towards over the next couple decades. We so sh- it seems daft to restart a business based around that yeah oh my god we should make all plastic toys out of the biodegradable d- the Drunk. biodegradable plastic that they make some other things out of yeah. very pretentious of you Ooh, hasbro we I, need to get their shit together and hasbro is just as evil as toys r us yeah let's do a lighter writing campaign okay <laughs> <laughs> hasbro is so wild dude i remember i was having a conversation with some ghost people at work and they were like, I don't fuck with Ouija boards. And I was like, are you joking? <laughs> Ouija board? You don't fuck around with Ouija boards? And they're like, no, don't do it. And I was like, you know, Ouija boards are made by Hasbro, right? 
<laughs> the same assholes who make Transformers and Mr. Potato Heads make your Ouija boards. So there's no way I'm going to be like, the same plastic that comes off of Optimus Prime is definitely haunted. <laughs> it's definitely channeling supernatural energy right now, dude. This is my grandma talking to me right now. Right now. No. Thank you for the history of Toys R Us. We learned. A lo- I was trying to make a thing there, but it, nothing was coming out. So Learning is that's us. A- yep, that's slightly better than what I was going to say. So let's roll with it. Isn't there a theme song? Yeah, the Toys R Us theme song. What is that? Mm-hmm. Buy our toys. They're good. Don't <laughs> go to Walmart. Buy our toys. Is that it? I thought you really knew it. It's no, I don't. I don't a Toys R Us kid or something like that. Oh what? yeah, Audra do you, knows do you want it. me to sing it? Do yeah, sing yes, it. Yeah, sing it. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Um, something about being it, something about it being cheap. But for a lot of toys, <laughs> you'll really flip your lid. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they said flip your lid in the commercial. <laughs> yeah, it's That's this really like... nerdy kid at a desk. Oh my god, that's like gotta be like seventies era, right? Um, I, I think hope. it's eighties. It's eighties, and then I saw a remake of it where it's the same kids that were in the commercial, but when they were adults. <gasps> so it's like eighty two ninety six. Oh man, is the span that would that would that would slap right now? <laughs> it's all about it's, it's all about nostalgia nowadays, right? With commercials. Uh, that's I mean, true. We are in nostalgia times. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we need it right now as well. What else we need right now, us specifically, is for you to go ahead and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Helps more people find this podcast, and then they can hear the words that we're saying right now, right this second. Okay, Audra, onto something called magic realism? Question mark. Ooh, yes. Um, magical realism. Magic realism. Magical realism. Fabulism. I've, I oh. heard a couple. I heard a couple places. This is basically a style of fiction or art um, that depicts something that's super realistic with something that is fantastical, like a specific element that that's the fantastical element mm. within this art, whatever it is. Huh. Literature had a big movement in literature, art, and film. Okay. We'll focus on film. The origins are obviously literature and art. Mm-hmm. Because before... Before film. Before you know. cameras, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Well, you're telling me that there weren't cavemen out there, you know? And they, they, <laughs> they had their hands up in the in the little triangle formation. Mm-hmm. With uh, the one millimeter? Yeah. With the <laughs> they, they were winding, and they were like, ooh, ooh. Uh, Consider mise-en-scene. <laughs> <laughs> So it started kind of the first mention of magical realism um, was in Germany based on some kind of art. And then it traveled to the writings of someone in Italy and then traveled to Latin America. Boomed. Oh, insanely. Hmm. Interesting. This is the cradle of magical realism. There's some art elsewhere 
fuck that art. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that art, Audra dude. Stevenson. <laughs> I love that catchphrase, dude. <laughs> the the cradle of magical realism is Latin America. Is that as in it's the birth, but not the birth, it's the place where it grows? Yeah, or like the garden of it. Okay. It's it technically existed before that, but there are arguments to be made that it's not magical realism if it wasn't written originally in Spanish. Whoa. Oh wow. Um that's one of the main criticisms. The other criticisms being things like, wow, that's a really vague description. Mm. It's realistic, but then there's something that's not. Ta-da! So could we get some examples to help uh, Jason and listeners uh, envision what's going on here? <laughs> oh, yes. F- um, <laughs> two biggins. Two biggins. Think of Amelie. Okay. Or, or Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I was, you know... I don't know if that's racist, but when you said Latin America and I was trying to envision magic realism, I really went to a Guillermo del Toro place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pan's Labyrinth, Shape of Water, both pull from magic realism. There you go. Not not a dum-dum. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, that is his core vibe. He's done a lot of stuff that's not magic realism, I believe. I don't know enough about him. Uh, wait, hold on. But so it's it's real. And then there's a specific element that isn't? Yes. Or a certain thing. Let's get into, because this is one of the main criticisms, um, I wrote out a little checklist. Mm, nice. Um, is it a realistic setting that is clean cut or cold? Yeah, so, so I was going to use Hellboy from Guillermo del Toro as like, mm-hmm. is this magic realism? So on that checklist, that's a check. The like world, the the setting world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Hellboy is a demon, but it's set in like he he's found in the 1940s in our World War II, and he lives in New York City in our New York City. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's one. Is there a point toable fantastical element that is unusual to that world that is not based on technology? Yeah, so you got Hellboy and you got all the creepy crawlies that he fights automatically. Another one that I've seen is, does it have like a point, like a moral in a lot of literature for magical realism? It was the government. It was always the government. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say to to pull it back to uh, to Pan's Labyrinth. Mm, yes. That's, oh, yeah. that's set during fascist, fascist Spain. So, like, that's during Franco's reign. That's, like, the main thing that's happening there. And that's pretty cold. And then there's the one fantastical element of the fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And there's the moral thing of fuck the government. (laughs) (laughs) There are bonus points if it's modern as hell. I saw some arguments that if it's in the past, that could be a separation of the realism. But it it Um, still happens, though. But every single list also had Pan's Labyrinth on it. So oh, okay. That's true. So that's just a bonus point. Right. If it's present day setting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the movie Bright would be magic realism. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an, estab- that's an established world of those crazy things, right? In, in Bright, that's, that's their entire world that they function in. So therefore, it's not magic realism. Is it not? Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's also set at like, there's a point where Will Smith says, get your Shrek looking ass out of my face so that's our world 
it's I can't a point of reference from our no, world. No, it can still, I think it can still, correct me if I'm wrong here, Audra, but it can still be our world. It's just not everyone can know about the magic. Yeah. Oh. The, um, an example would be, of an example of something that's not magic realism would be Harry Potter. Oh. Because that's, like, some of the world doesn't know about it, but it's not unusual, and oh. we never think that the protagonist is hallucinating. Oh, that was going to be my next point I is so, could uh, the protagonist be hallucinating? Okay, that's a that's a feature of it. Yes. That that's true with Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's okay. Labyrinth. Um That's no longer Amelie. true with Hellboy. Mm, oh, damn so it. we have eliminated um anything superhero is really freaking tough to put into magic yeah. realism. But with that last point that you said, there's a lot of elements of like superhuman society. Or like how society has changed due to the presence of super people. So like everyone's in mm-hmm. the know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my last one, my last two is it's kind of accepted. It's just accepted by the protagonist, probably because they're pretty naive. So a naive protagonist. Mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth, you have a kid and she doesn't go, oh my God, what the heck is happening? <laughs> she just kind of goes into the labyrinth. Yeah. So Alice in Wonderland is out. It's out, right? Yeah, it must be because it's too magic. Like the the what? Yeah. If if like ninety percent of the book was her having tea and learning with her aunt or whoever she is with at the start, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. if that's what most of the film was with like glimpses into Wonderland, then uh. I think it would be magic realism. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the story is Wonderland. Yeah, I've written down a few more examples so we can discuss them okay. under my checklist. Um, we've got Amelie, Pan's Labyrinth, Birdman. Oh, Did we see yeah. Birdman? Birdman. Because there's specifically that ending sequence where, like, there's the superhero on the top of the world uh-huh. or whatever. And that's a specific segment where I said, ooh, is he hallucinating? Right. Yeah. And it's not a fully superhero world. No. It's uh-uh. just there's the tropes of superheroes and he then quote-unquote magic realisms it into existence right yeah so it's a realistic world there's a fantastical element we wonder if he's hallucinating it's just kind of accepted by our protagonist Mm -hmm. okay and that's fine i feel a lot of uh studio ghibli movies would be magic realism then yeah that's that's on my list yeah very common definitely very common that contrast of super mundane. Like family life, yep. re- kind of regular stuff that's happening, chores and yep. like coming of age kind of stuff. Howl's Moving Castle for sure, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Prob- wait, Spirited Away? Spirited Away, right? Uh, Maybe I that's f- a bit more full on in the world, but still kind still kind of it just it's the same yeah. as wonderland where it, it it delves massively into it it okay. could be argued is <laughs> yeah <laughs> what i heard a lot totoro yeah. totoro goes back and forth quite a lot between the worlds and only she sees she and her big... sister oh is it both of them yeah i think both of them yeah because both of them hang out with totoro but like the they're adults... both naive yeah oh yeah the adults <laughs> have no clue right i think so i think that's right yeah um, another one I saw that I didn't initially think of is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? has elements because it's a totally normal world, but that man that's chasing them is probably the devil. 
Yeah, I, I guess a like, lot of Coen Brothers stuff. Um, I saw some things that said it it could be argued that every Coen Brothers thing ever has some point to a bull element. <laughs> <laughs> of magic realism. Yeah. Ones that I saw fewer times on lists of magic realism. Donnie Darko. That's too, for me, that along with things like Fight Club and stuff, are, yeah. are too up itself as like that angsty Gen X male <laughs> story mm. that it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's enough fantastical stuff even though they throw in literal supernatural things right in my opinion it's too clear that he's probably going crazy that's that's what i was yeah. gonna say it's it's too i i lean too much towards yeah he's definitely hallucinating for that to be magic realism for me Th- there's not much of a moral thing there i don't mm. think mm. touche touche the other one that I saw that I am inclined to argue for. Okay. Typically, if it's based on like technology, it's sci-fi as opposed to magic realism. Mm-hmm. But Scott Pilgrim, there is kind of a magic element to the video games coming out and engaging with him. Mm-hmm. There is a certain naivety to him. He just kind of accepts it and battles all of her ex-boyfriends. That's true, actually. And it's quite a mundane sort of early 20s world of we're just living our lives, working our jobs, drinking, starting bands and stuff. And Mm -hmm. then all of this crazy video game stuff happens. So, yeah. Yeah. And that he's able to go between, wow, I just did a battle in a club to let's eat garlic (laughs) bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's certainly not sci-fi. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll say this. I was on the side of no before you started your argument but now that you guys have made points i think i lean towards yeah i lean towards it could be argued <laughs> um mm. pan's labyrinth amelie 100 percent. yeah and um, michael sarah has a very naive face as well so there's that mm, that's true he does god that little baby boy <laughs> <laughs> Are there any you guys are thinking of that we would like to discuss? Now that we have our handy checklist that I didn't print out for you guys. I mean, I do have one, but it's more like a director again and just being like, is this Mm. magic realism? Uh Uh, Wes Anderson movies. Ooh. All of them? Well, maybe not all of them, but it's more that they deal with fairly mundane topics like marriage, divorce coming of age like the everyday things but then they're in these because of how they're set and like designed and stuff it's Mm -hmm. in these worlds that just don't exist the like places don't look like this yeah or i'm thinking of like that's not what a lab looks like yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) this isn't what a library actually looks like it's just what it looks like in Mm -hmm. your fantastical imagination yeah okay i think that's I think that's one that could be argued. Yeah. Like Midnight in Paris. Did he actually time travel? Mm. Oh, yeah. Good point. um, On my list of examples, I specifically said no Woody Allen. (laughs) Um, But as that's one of the few Woody Allen films that he does not appear in. um, You're okay with it? It's allowed. I will allow that one. Okay. But it is incredibly common in Woody Allen films. Because that's the only thing I could think of right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Midnight in Paris, yeah. Did he time travel or is he crazy? Right. And it, it is, <laughs> yeah. And it is that 
it is that mundaneness as you speak of uh-huh. uh that Wes Anderson hits you know with with uh marriage and, and romance and stuff like that uh but it's like really it's 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 all in his head right he's he's kind of that pretentious writer who wants to be part or of the lost it? generation yeah uh, yeah but then ultimately gets a gets a touch of reality with how depressing the lost generation really was yes it's mm-hmm. uh it's got the magic realism elements and it, yeah a naive protagonist especially mm-hmm. and and a point it has us asking whether it happened or not and therefore that's a thing yeah mm-hmm. it's um, a weird one there's a lot of things that could be that could be argued um which is one of the criticisms the description's too vague. Isn't it just like a subgenre of fantasy? Um, kind, kind of, but that's fine because subgenres are a thing. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it's like cyberpunk to sci-fi, right? It's a it's yeah. a thing within the thing. Mm-hmm. And so we think when we see the description, we don't know anything that it could be, but it's a little bit more common than I thought. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and thinking, I know a magic realism film that they haven't named, I'm I'm gonna say it. Tweet at us, please do, because I'm now curious and want want a big list of magic realism films. That's true. Ooh. Or if you uh you know are, like disagree with one of our verdicts on whether mm-hmm. or not it was magic realism, come up with uh, counterpoints. Oh yeah, because it's very much so up up for debate. I saw a whole video that argued that it's not magic realism if it's not in Spanish, and then I found a whole video that argues that it can be. So <laughs> there's a lot of debate here. That's fair. Spe- specifically in the YouTube. <laughs> that would just leave Del Toro, right? I, I like I like the idea that one of the YouTube videos started with, uh, so I saw that Nikki Dicky XLX made this video. Fuck that guy. <laughs> this, is, this is why he's wrong. This is my analysis of magic realism yeah. for my film degree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. No, 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 no. These people are never doing film degrees. That's the that's the key feature of these YouTubers. Yeah. yeah. I had to go read more and just listen to them. for that magic realism audra you're welcome toys and fantasy it's it's the childhood all over again it's the nostalgia times oh man (laughs) i'm 100 pounds i'm only 411 it feels great (laughs) as a as a two-year-old that's pretty bit massive (laughs) that's a a rough time (laughs) unlike society we must continue Jesus. Next week, Jason, <laughs> you are our drinker. You will be learning some things in the lockdown and then teaching them next week. That's awesome. Dude, that's a but, week before my uh, graduation. Oh, really? Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting fact uh, about this this moment, uh, Jason does not have the hat with him. I don't. Uh, we, we have the hat here, so we're going to have to do some drawing on Jason's behalf. Social distancing. Mm. The hat this week is um, the severed mascot head of Jeffrey the giraffe. <laughs> what? I cl- I clarified that it was the mascot head so it didn't get too dark. <laughs> Still feels kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's dank in there. 
oh yeah, you got to reach your entire arm in, like up to the shoulder yeah. to get to the topics. Okay, you ready? I'm gonna. I'm drawing three. You can decide which one you're not gonna do, but you must do the other two. Okay. Real Mulan. Oh. Ooh, the ooh. real Mulan story, I guess. Yeah. The the person that Mulan is based. Assuming off of. she's real too. Yeah. True. True. Mm. You know, it could be a King Arthur situation. Ooh. Could be. Could be. I don't know if these two guys are real. <laughs> Lewis and Clark. They could be fictional <laughs> as well. You never know. No, yeah, they're just my gay neighbors that I put road. <laughs> God, if you were a gay couple named Lewis and Clark, oh, the theme. Good parties. branding, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the third one is foie gras. F- foie gras. Foie gras. Oh. The <laughs> go- goose fat. Liver? Is that what that is? I don't know. Goose feeding up a goose. I think I think I have an idea, but I'm yeah. in case you pick it, actually, I'm not going to say what my idea is. Yeah, I actually don't even know if it's goose. It might be duck. Oh. <gasps> I think it's duck. <laughs> We're All getting right, too so excited about the most <laughs> mundane details of this. Is it goose liver? I'm goose vegetarian. Liver? I shouldn't be so excited. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't pick it, I'm going to stuff you till you explode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. You're a married I think, man. I think... <laughs> Change our names to Lewis and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call our house the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> oh, I wish I understood that joke. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. so next week, which which topics you pick in? Wh- I think I'm definitely gonna, gonna do foie gras. Uh, All right, I love food. I love ducks uh, or geese <laughs> or something. Uh, I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested in the weird foods yes, as well. Yes. Uh and I think I'm going to do the real Mulan, not for the Asian factor. Uh No one, no one no, was no, saying no. it. No. <laughs> Only I said it, but at the same time, <laughs> maybe for the timely factor, you know? Maybe by the time this comes up there'll be news about Mulan hitting Disney Plus or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. maybe. Yeah, we got to get it out there. I like it. I'm curious. I want I want to know if she was a real person. Right. Or yeah. Not. Very curious. All right. Next week we'll be learning those topics from Jason. Until then, I guess, goodbye. Do we normally say goodbye? I don't think we do. We have now. Say goodbye, everyone. See ya, suckers. Goodbye. Wash your hands. Drinkopedia was not recorded before a live studio audience and was presented by Jason Wynn, Audra Stevenson, and Matt Watson. Music by Mojo Kid and produced by Onsuo.